sorry, you're gonna have to suffer through this intro. That's all right. Hello, nerds. The most culturally relevant podcast that's ever existed here. Joe, the ad lib alien, aka double A, coming down your ear holes. We have the cultural conversations of our day our way. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe if you want to support the show. New episodes out every Tuesday. All streaming and social media links in the description. Today, we have author and pop culture collector returning from a previous episode, Mr. David Fetter. You might remember him as the Bee Gees fan, and his latest project, Bee Gees and Me, will be coming out soon. Welcome to Culture Nerds. Hey, thanks for having me back. back. Yeah, nice. we, 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 I had so much fun last time, and I talked too much about the Bee Gees. We never got into much other pop culture stuff, so. Well, I'm glad to have you back. We can get to all of that today. So, awesome. since we're trying to get into some pop culture, uh, you know, I've been thinking a lot about trying to get, like, comedians and voiceover actors onto, you know, onto the podcast. Um, they seem to be my people. Yeah. Um, they seem to be the kind, they seem to have the kind of mindset that, uh, really stimulates me. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking into those kind of avenues and in saying that, um, I know this might be a little bit behind, I think it happened about last week or so. Uh, but Mr. Kirby Morrow, Morrow, uh, he was a voice actor who died at the age of 47 and I didn't even know this because I was actually looking into voice actors for Dragon Ball Z, but I did not know he actually voiced Goku in 180 episodes, which from my research was kind of hard for me to, to, to run into his name. I, even from the, the credits on the episodes, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't really see him that often. So I don't, I, don't know, I don't know which episodes he voiced Goku in. But uh, it's mm-hmm. it's just it's sad to see, you know, I- iconic voices like that leave us so early. Well, especially like I looked into it too. It 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 seems like he um, he 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 died eight days after his father passed away. So wow. just thinking of the the horrible tragedy that family is dealing with, and so close to the holidays, that's. It's so upsetting to hear. Um, I wasn't familiar with his work, uh, except for um, he was the voice of Cyclops in X-Men Evolution. And uh, um, that was one of the X-Men shows. Of course, the the 90s X-Men cartoon is the standard. But of all the things that came after, I think X-Men Evolution was was one of the best shows. It it had, I think, three or four seasons. X-Men Evolution um, was, was great. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I, it didn't have like the kind of cultural impact that, um, you know, the X-Men uh, animated series right. in the nineties had, but I'm, I'm starting to realize that like, I don't think any show will ever have that kind of impact anymore. Just because well, like, like the, 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 the vastness of what's available now is, is so great. Yeah. Like, um, you know, back then, especially as a kid, Mm-hmm. You had maybe three, four options at most. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. And that's and that's if your parents got like the the deluxe package. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not to mention if you back in the back in the day with the black box, you had to get the A side and B side. Yeah, yeah. So like if you didn't have both sides, 
man, your options were really limited. The, the, the same thing goes, and this is what I think of when I think of uh, late shows like uh, Jay, Jay Leno, David Letterman. Before that, there was Johnny Carson. That era of late night will never be the same again. Right now, you have Jimmy Fallon and Jason, uh, or Jimmy Fallon and uh, Stephen Colbert. You have Jimmy Kimmel on ABC. You have Conan on TBS, but they don't have the same weight that Johnny Carson had because there was three TV stations when Johnny Carson was on the air. When he was on the air, you had a third of America watching him, whereas now you have hundreds of options. So yeah, uh, 90s cartoons are always going to be more significant because of the market share that they had. Uh, not, not to say that they were better or worse. Some of those don't hold up. You try watching like the pacing and, and the storytelling is, is so much different, but, yeah. um, but uh, culturally, culturally was, you can't deny it. Yeah. What was really funny. I remember, I remember I was working this hotel, I was working overnight. So like there wasn't anyone present. Um, and I would bring in my laptop and just like watch old, uh, old shows. Uh, and one of the security guards was actually a friend of mine. So we both sat down and started watching Power Rangers again, like all the way through, just like top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, and we started to realize like, wow, this is, I mean, I love this show. It's great, but we're enjoying it for a completely different reason. Cause right. we're just like, oh, these are real janky. <laughs> Wait, they're reusing fights. Like you yeah. would because Back then it was like, you'd see an episode and, you know, four or five episodes later, you wouldn't remember what you saw five days ago. Yeah. So like they could reuse the same fight and you, you probably, you didn't notice it. Right. As opposed to now I was just binging it all the way through. And an hour and a half later, I'm like, wait a minute, I've seen that fight before. And then an hour later, I'm like, I just seen that fight again. <laughs> But yeah, you start realizing that some of the shows just didn't really, don't really hold well, up. But there are some that are like, well, you take man, a look at like so well done. You, you said you said Power Rangers. Um, David Fielding plays Zordon, the uh, head from the original Power Rangers. He's from Pittsburgh, yeah. so um, he recorded all of his dialogue, and they just used the same head. They used his head, and then I think had a different voice come in at some point. So, yeah. and, like he never, he never changed. They they reused all the stuff. They they used the the fights from Japan for some of those episodes. Oh, they um, use a lot of they use a lot of footage from Japan. And what's what's interesting is like now I can actively see the difference because yeah, I know, but then you didn't know what I'm looking for. But it's just like as a kid, I didn't even, you know, I didn't even notice that. The only time that I kind of noticed it was when the Green Ranger uh, joined the show. And they tried to recreate the Green Ranger shield. They failed miserably because yeah. it like it's so different from like the American footage and the Japanese footage. Like the Japanese footage looks like really good. Like it looks like solid and like doesn't move around a lot. Right. And then as soon as you get into like the American footage, you're like, what is this golden? What is this? Like it looked <laughs> nothing like it was supposed to. So it was just, it was yeah. incredible to see that like I, that I noticed as a kid. So the same type of mindset that we're talking about TV shows now is how I think of 
wrestling now. Um, you watch, we, we, last episode I was on, we, we briefly talked about wrestling and my favorite era was when I was a kid, you referenced the attitude era. I was already a little bit older then. I don't fondly remember the attitude era as much as a lot of other people do because I wasn't viewing it as this is my first exposure to wrestling. So if you watched attitude era stuff now, it would be crucified online. It, oh, yeah. The matches were terrible. They were short. The characters were ridiculous. The production values were shit. But it captured this raw enthusiasm of this angst and this 90s era grunge teen type thing that was a rage then. Yeah. So nostalgically, it holds up. Or it doesn't, it, it holds you remember it more fondly than it actually was. Um, anything today being put out athletically is ridiculously better. The, the matches are ridiculously better. And like when Hogan turned on his friends to join the NWO and it was this earth shattering thing and everybody remembers it. And it was this cultural thing somewhere when Dean Ambrose turned on Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins and broke up the shield, that moment is Hogan's turn moment, you know? Right. That that right. moment is and then to I them mean, as culturally relevant. And then, I mean, you see that moment also a little bit later on because um, I don't think I mentioned it in the previous episode, but uh, my favorite, uh, I guess, look, I got to pick two because there's an on-mic favorite and then there's an in-ring favorite. And like my in-ring favorite is Stone Cold Steve Austin. And he eventually did that turn where, you know, he joined yeah. the, the corporation and like, <laughs> bad bosses or whatever. Yeah. Um, and that, Which I mean, oh, I have. knew, I knew he was my in-ring in favorite just because like his heel, t- it, it, it devastated me. You know what I mean? Like when he was just like, no, I'm with them now. And I was like, but no. But you were with us. Like, I don't, you can't, you can't do this to us. Stone Cold before he, his neck broke was he had some of the best matches in, in, in the WWE at the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't remember if him and Bret Hart from that WrestleMania, WrestleMania 13, I think it was, if that was before or after he broke his neck. But that match is ridiculously good. That is such a good match. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think I saw that match. Wait, wait what WrestleMania was it? It, it? it was the double turn where Stone Cold uh, passed out in the sharpshooter and he oh, had the blood yeah. raining down his face. Um, oh, yes. That's um, what, that, that, that had to be before his broken neck because that was like the, what launched him into the next stratosphere. And yeah. it, turned Brett, it turned Brett into a heel, making him Canada- Canada's greatest hero and stuff. Yeah, I think it might have been. I think it might have been after that. I think it might have been after that yeah. that particular point. But I just yeah. I find here's the thing. The reason you're right. There's so many things about the Attitude Era that are just like you would never do today, yeah. ever. Um, but as a prepubescent boy, uh, there was a lot about that era that you know. <laughs> attracted me let's go sure that. yeah um so oh, but I mean, the thing sunny, is, is sunny and sunny and sable uh even 
I mean, you're talking stuff like lingerie matches and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like they're just, they were, it was a, it was a tough time for the company. They're trying (laughs) everything they could possibly try. And that you can go to any documentary and you'll hear that exact thing. Cause I've, I've seen a ton of them. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but I would recommend it to you. Uh, it's called dark side of the ring. Yeah. It's vice vice land. Um, yeah. Series. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah, it is really good. Um, I watched that and like heard a lot of stories that were sort of outside of the attitude era that I was like, wow. Like I'm like learning about like new wrestlers that I'd never heard of before. Um, and that's really, I, I, I always like learning new things about, uh, the history. But every time I, I speak to sort of a wrestling fan, I would say if I had to make them pick, you know, their top three moments, I feel like a lot of people would choose at least one or two from the attitude era. Cause there were just so many moments where you're just like, like even, even something like the, the, the undertaker mankind match where he tosses them off the cell and, yeah. you know, even like choke slams him and like breaks him through the cell onto, I was just like, Oh my God. Like by that time I had already, you know, been like, I mean, it's fake, you know, whatever, whatever. But there are just, there were just some things where I was just like, how do they, you know, yeah. I get the, you know, give your head a whack <laughs> on the mat type stuff, but how do you fall 20 feet? And not hurt well, yourself. Uh, not, unfortunately, you you can't. <laughs> yeah, you actually do mess yourself up. So, like, yeah, the, the oh. Mick Foley, there'll never be another Mick Foley doing that uh, things. But yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, the, I actually definitely, met Mick Foley. I didn't I, believe it was him when I met him. No kidding. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. Same hotel I worked at. Uh, I'm working a night shift. And uh, all of a sudden... Mick walks into the lobby and I'm like, huh? Like I almost right away recognize his face, but I can't fully place it. And I'm just like, what? I feel like I know him. He hands me his license and I read Michael Foley. And I go, holy shit. (laughs) And I start freaking out on the inside. I'm just freaking the fuck out. But I go, and he actually gives me his license and goes to the bathroom. So I have this just like period of just like, is this him? Is this him? And so he comes back and I just have to go like, God damn it. I'm, I'm sorry. Are you Mick Foley? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. And I was like, Oh my God, dude, I'm such a huge goddamn fan. Oh, like I gave him a discount on the room, uh, which he was like super happy about. <laughs> I, I was like, no, yeah. I'll give you the best rate I have tonight. Like, I promise you there won't be a single person in this building paying, you know, you, you won't be paying more than anyone in this building. Um, and he's like, oh, okay, I just need a cop. You know, I got my son with me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, no problem. I'll get a cop for you. Um, and I, I even negotiated with my, uh, the other desk person where I was like, I know housekeeping usually sends this up, but can I go bring the cot up? <laughs> Or whatever, because as soon as he left, I went towards the back. I printed out a picture of mankind and fucking I was just like, I, I, he might even say no, but I just, I got to try. I put on a clipboard and I just went upstairs and just gave him the cot. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I, you know, but like, can I get your autograph? Yeah. And he, he was so nice. 
Yeah. He was so unbelievably nice. He was like, no, of course, no problem. He even like wrote the little message of like, have a good day. You know, when he had that yeah, whole thing that's going. That's awesome. He, he, he's, he's done shows and, and toured and, and done like stand-up shows and book tours and stuff. So I got to see him then. Yeah. He's, he's one of the nicest wrestlers you'll ever meet. Yeah. He's super nice. And like the, the thing is, is I, you know, I watched these, do- these documentaries, like, uh, dark side of the ring. And I find that like a lot of wrestlers have a very, when you don't see them in their, you know, in their like persona or their wrestling, you know, attire or whatever, they're, they're usually pretty chill. Like, Hey, what's going on? Like, you know, soft spoken. They're not generally like super big rambunctious guys. You know what I mean? They're just right. kind of like, oh, you know, well, it depends. Like the, the earlier guys in the, in the seventies and eighties, um, before wrestling was known as an art form and, and predetermined back when it used to be a real sport and people, you know, watched it. Then if you met a wrestler, they had to be in character. They had to be the tough guy. Mm -hmm. If like, if somebody tried to pull something, they had to kick the shit out of you. Um, so like, yeah, the whole kayfabe thing. Oh man, hearing some of them stories are, it's, outrageous like i would have loved to like going out drinking with rick flair because that's what rick flair does or you know getting i still think that's what rick flair does i don't think think that was a character i think that's just who rick flair is so yeah like you 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 mentioned the dark side of the ring um tv series like hearing a lot of those stories of of those guys back then it was a different group of guys doing it and uh and yeah now you get not not that you know, it changed for the better in terms of the long-term health of the performers, but you got guys like um, New Day and guys like Seth Rollins and, and, and the other guys who they go back to the hotel room and play video games or they go to the gym and work out. They're not going to the bars and beating the shit out of each other and, and, yeah. and dying by the time they're 40. Um, so, so yeah, like a lot of the new era of guys performing in you know, not that meeting the old guys isn't awesome too. I met some of them. Um, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm just, I, I think it's, um, I even saw, I saw the undertaker doing hot ones, uh, <laughs> which is great. I mean, like yeah. he's, I've, ne- I've never seen the undertaker not be the undertaker. Right. I mean? But there he was just it's, hanging out and eating <laughs> some wings, like talking, right. It, it, he's just, he just seems like a chill guy. Yeah, no, I haven't watched it, and and um, I heard about it. I don't know what I I think about an out of character Undertaker. Like he was he was one of the last of the guys who have never yeah. never done that. Now he now he's doing podcasts and he's doing cameo for crying out loud. Um, you could you could pay a thousand bucks and he'll talk to you. It's like you know he has a Twitter account. I forget who who it was. Wow. I think it might have been, been McFoley. Was like the Undertaker should never tweet. Like that's not something <laughs> the Undertaker does. That's hilarious. I mean, uh, I mean, I guess I agree with that. The Undertaker shouldn't tweet. <laughs> but yeah, so it's like yeah. now, uh, of course, he's angling for something because his in ring career is over. So he needs to be more of a personality and needs to be a an actual human again. That's got to be also refreshing for for thirty years of being a character and now finally being able to be like, oh no, my name's Mark Calloway. I'm a dude. Can I talk to you about motorcycles yeah. or <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. let's eat wings. So uh, it's 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 nice it's nice seeing him take it off. He he put in a good 
Um, one of the things that he mentioned in the, in the episode that he did was he was like, I wanted my fans to always know that like, I, I never forgot that they were coming to see me and paying their hard earned money to get a show. Like that was his, you know, that was his biggest thing was just like, I wanted to put on a good show for the fans. And I'm like, you know, 30 years, I think, I think you did it. I think you did it for sure. Um, let's start a little controversy. Okay. Uh, I saw this uh, meme that said, sorry, Andrew Garfield was a better <laughs> Spider-Man than Tobey Maguire and Tom Holland. Thoughts? <laughs> well, I mean, the controversy would be if anybody agreed with that statement. Seriously. <laughs> um, no way is Andrew Garfield a better Spider-Man than, uh, than Tom Holland. Maybe, maybe Tobey Maguire. but. Um, Andrew McGuire or Andrew Garfield's movies were so bad; they were just bad. His his version of Peter Parker was I mean, bad. No, okay, that I agree with you on. <laughs> that I agree with you on. The yeah. movies, yeah, the movies as a whole were just. Let's just go with garbage. Um, yeah, the, like but, the no, 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 they they did nothing with the whole parents storyline. They wasted no. so much time on that. Um, the grant, like I liked Andrew Garfield, but they didn't allow him to be Peter Parker. Like the, he, Peter Parker's not a skateboarder. Peter Parker's yeah, not think, a cool hip guy. Here's here's he, the thing. Here's the thing. I here's what I will give Andrew Garfield: way better Spider Man. Than Tobey Maguire. Yes, I would agree. Wait, I like, would agree. On on the Spider Man half, Andrew Garfield runs away with it. He captured the wit, the sort of timing, the 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 the, the sarcastic fighting style that Spider Man has, as yeah. opposed to Tobey Maguire did much better on the dorky, antisocial Peter Parker persona. I don't think either one of them quite made the switch either way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and I think that's why Tom Holland is better than both of them put together because he does have the whole package. He did nail Peter Parker. He's great. And as Spider-Man in the suit, um, I don't th- I, I think Andrew Garfield, I think they gave him really shitty Peter Parker stuff. He was crying for most of it, uh, going through breakups and it was all emo. Like yeah. not that emo is bad, but it was like, the the fun neighborhood spider-man wasn't there it, they tried to make him more modern or something like i yeah. said the skateboarding stuff was garbage the um i i, I wasn't a fan of uh electro i think he i think jamie fox played that like a uh, a villain from the batman and robin uh um, yes era it, was, it was it was it was i mean it was definitely verging on campy, but yeah. I don't think they were trying to. Right. Be. And even, even um, Paul Giamatti as the rhino was in with that ridiculous Russian accent yeah. was, was ridiculously campy. So it was like, you had these two villains that were as campy as Jim Carrey and uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Uma Thurman. Um, and then you put a realistic Peter Parker in there. It was right. just a clash of styles. Uh, Tobey Maguire, again, um, I think 
Peter Parker nerdy, uh, but I think the 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 athleticism of Spider-Man was lacking in that. I liked the skinny Spider-Man doing the weird flips and the weird poses that Andrew Garfield had. Yeah. Okay, so we almost have uh, three trilogies. Hopefully we'll be able to complete this last one. Mm-hmm. But let's just go on the first two because one of them is missing one anyway. Yeah. So let's go on the first two. Uh, out of the... F- First two movies in this three iterations, which so far is your best trilogy or series of movies? Uh, Tom Holland's the, the involved with Marvel, without a doubt. Not only is it, it, it nails the humor, it nails the vulnerability, it nails the uh, nerdiness, the awkward teen stuff of Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the animation is better in terms of the Spider-Man stuff. Yeah. I, I don't think Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man had enough Spider-Man in it. I think they spent too much time as Peter Parker. And I think Tobey Maguire's was just too early. It was that in-between era of um, like Mar- Marvel movies weren't out yet. Or, yeah. or if so, that they were like, you know, in conjunction with the X-Men was grounded in realistic stuff. I think the Tom Holland, it could be more superhero-esque. It could be, yeah. you, could, you could include more of the Marvel Universe in there. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I would love to see, and I, uh, you know, the spoiler, or not the spoilers, but the rumors and stuff, this, this third movie that might be coming out might have all of them in it as the multiverse expands with dr strange and all this all this stuff so um it would be interesting to see see what they do with that for me the moment that solidified tom holland as spider-man for me was in the first film he's brought into like a warehouse or whatever and it's detonated Uh, all the debris falls on him i'm familiar with the comic strip of that particular setup um so like i saw it take form and then like i watched tom in that moment sort of go in between you know that that debate of like am i peter parker am i spider-man am i you know what i mean like and he did it he for for a second there he was just he was just a scared little kid stuck under debris you know what i mean and i was just like that's it that's it that's one of those moments where it like yeah, he's Spider-Man and yes, he's Peter Parker and we get to see him in all these kind of things when he's being influenced by the outside world. But in this small moment, you get to just experience who he thinks he is and seeing that struggle in him, I was just like, that's it. It's him. Like I, you know, I would say, I feel like the the first, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man series had a, a I guess had a, a a bigger overall vision that like maybe they got to execute better. Um, I feel like because of all this back and forth between studios, you might be getting a little bit of like tug and pull that you kind of can see in the, in, in the quality of the direction of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, they're still, they're still very, very good films. And yeah, I, I mean, I would have to agree with you that, that this series is is probably the best series of films. 
I've, I've watched them all several times, um, except for maybe Spider- the original Spider-Man 3 uh, with the black suit. They messed up with that Venom so bad in that. Yeah, that was... Uh, it, it was really bad. Um, and and that became campy and, and cheesy. Um, but the... Um, I, th- I think I think Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man could be maybe edited together into one really solid movie and take out a lot of that because because I think they were trying to world build and and when you get it world buildy too much too fast it doesn't hold up like they wanted to spin off with Sinister Six and do all this other stuff and they wanted to Sony wanted its own Marvel universe and it's like worry about the story that you're trying to tell now um, and I think that's where they lost it because they 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 got too they got too far ahead of themselves yeah i think a lot of studios started to do that when you know when they started to see like the mcu really work Uh, i think a lot of studios i mean you know pick a studio they tried to launch a universe Uh, i remember that whole like mummy dark universe thing (laughs) which never fucking happened (laughs) um you know you watch dc just like scramble trying to like put together a goddamn you know team film and you're just like you haven't introduced anyone that's in the film you haven't let us fall in love with any of the characters like why do we give a shit that all these people are coming to get we don't know any of them who are yeah sure we know them because they're you know cyborg and superman and whatever but yeah I don't just love Iron Man. I love Tony Stark. I mean, I love Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Marvel put everything they had. Iron Man. Marvel put everything they had in Iron Man. If that movie would have tanked, Marvel could have went out of business. They put everything they had into that one story. And at the very end, they were like, oh, yeah, by the way, there might be more. And people were like, yes! That's what they did. Like, it didn't have to be. Throughout the whole thing, they weren't putting off, you know, spin, spin off here and there. Um, but like Hulk was first, they introduced Hulk separately. They introduced Iron Man separately. They introduced Captain America separately. They introduced, you know, all these Thor separate movie, Justice League. What do they do? Let's throw them all in there. Wait, who's this cyber guy? Forget about it. You'll learn on the way. No, like, that's not like, no, I'm not. I want to, I want to follow him because I want to follow him. And the fact that they're doubling down and giving that guy more money to do his own vision of it on HBO max drives me crazy like it's yeah. it, it failed spectacularly once and they're putting another 70 million dollars behind it you could have made what you could have made a whole the movie of that that's, that's the, the toxic fandom that shouldn't shouldn't uh shouldn't, shouldn't dictate, dictate the way that these things go yeah, it's like the it's like the star wars people who hijack and try to kill something instead of just letting it be like all right, right. like star wars was a kid's movie it was literally talking teddy bears and puppets. The reason that it's awesome yeah. is because it's talking teddy bears and puppets and you were five when you saw it. Let this new one be that special for the kids when they God, watch it. God, I'm so fucking happy you brought up Star Wars. I'm so fucking <laughs> happy you brought up Star Wars because I wanted to ask you, okay, original, prequel, or current trilogy? Um, but I mean, it, it depends on who you are when you watch it. Like to me, it's the original trilogy because I was a kid. Here's the thing. I would put this trilogy directly up against the original trilogy. Don't ask me. (laughs) I will die on this hill. And I get it. The the third one, you know, 
went a little over fantastical, but I'm in. We're talking about space wizards. <clears throat> yeah. You know what I mean? We're talking about space wizards. I don't give a shit that a space wizard can come back from death. Yeah. They established it in the prequels. Perfectly reasonable for Sidious to come back. Whatever. I don't care. And big anti, you know, big climactic battle where a ton of ships fight each other. I never needed a ton of setup for that. Yeah. I'm in. The, the, the I, I mean, like, I, I understand the, the, you know, there was some uh, creative differences towards the second one. And now the vision doesn't look as collected. But I liked yeah. it. I enjoyed it. I, I haven't seen the second or third. I saw The Force Awakens and I thought it was great. I thought it was really good. And I thought it did a good job of retelling the same story from the first chapter four. Chapter four, New Hope yes. and The Force Awakens are pretty much the same movie because they're introducing it to a new generation. Instead of allowing yeah. Disney to tell that story to a new generation, all, all the toxic fandom you know, people had to hijack it and make it some kind of political statement and try to do this and do that and didn't allow that to develop on its own. Um, and, and that's why I didn't watch and I don't like the, th we, we could all agree the prequel sucked because it was, uh, boring and, and, uh, we don't want to, we don't, we, we don't want to watch star Wars so we could watch trade negotiations and, and watch government yeah, oh stuff and God, so much learn about metachlorians and all that other stuff. Like I don't need, there was so much. give me fantastical space adventures. And, and, yes. and I think that's what, uh, the first, the, the force awakens did. And I think that's what the Mandalorian is doing, even though I haven't watched it. Uh, from what I can see, it's just, let's, calm down about legacy and, and honoring the past and doing all this other stuff. Let's just get down to telling good, fun stories. Don't take it so serious. Hell yeah. You know what was, um, I liked the second one. Uh, which one? I can't even remember what it was called, but the, the second one of this trilogy, the one after The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi. Yeah, okay. I, I heard a lot of people really dislike that yeah. movie. And I liked it because it would like it told a fairly simple story. They're on the run. They need to get away. They're being, you know, they're being hunted down. That's the whole story is the chase and the hunkering down and trying to fight back. Right. You get a few, you know, side stories here and there, but for the most part, they're following a singular story. They kept the very, you know, star Wars type energy, or at least the kind of star Wars energy I'm used yeah. to. Um, and I was just like, you know, we, this is weirdly back to form. And I, I enjoy it. I like it. But I just, I found so many people that really didn't I th I th like th it. Yeah, you're it's, it's tough when you try to bring in the whole Skywalker saga stuff. And, and I think they're now realizing you can't go back. You can't tell Han Solo's uh, origin story. You can't tell uh, these other things because people have expectations and people have ideas of where that's coming from. Uh, animated series, video games, comic books, sure. But in terms of, you know, movies set in space, just create new stuff. Yeah, man. I just, uh, I'm, I was a hundred percent sure that it still wasn't up because this was like years and years ago, but I did, um, I did an edit of the prequels actually. Yeah. Uh, and had it uploaded to like Vimeo or something like that. It's not up there anymore. 
Um, but maybe if I find it, I don't know how big a file I could send you, but if you wanted to see it, yeah, that'd be cool. it's like, it's like yeah. three hours long and I cut out fucking everything <laughs> that I'm like, this is well, I mean, not the, the first movie, all you need is that last fight scene. You should open the movie with that last fight scene with uh, Darth Maul. Um, you, you get a lot of good stuff from that. You know, what's funny is, um, I think I only kept like 30 or 40 minutes of the Phantom Menace. And then like, it got bigger and bigger as like, I went down the trilogy. Like I had to keep like an hour and a half of, um, Revenge of the Sith. Just cause I was like, this I think this is the best one of these. It, three. it wasn't bad, but by the time you got to that one, it was like people already given up. Phantom Menace was so bad, yeah. but Phantom Menace was a kids movie. It was pod racing, and it was uh, that big sword fight at uh, sword fight at the end, um, and then a lot of boring stuff in between, talking about um, metachlorians and, and and trade wars and and all that stuff. So, um, ask ask a kid what he thinks of Star Wars: Phantom Menace, and he'll tell you a different story. Yeah, they probably loved it. Yeah. Well, Matt, uh, sorry, I'm seeing something else yeah, pop up. David, uh, that's, again, a total pleasure. It's really fun geeking out yeah, with you. Man. It was a really good time. Time flew. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again for being here. Uh, that's another episode of Culture Nerds. We thank you for all the support. If you have comments, suggestions, or story ideas, put them in the review. And we'll start making you a part of the show. We'll see you next week, nerds. Awesome, man. <laughs> Sorry, I almost spilled some. No, you're good. Yeah, thanks for, thanks All right, for having us. It was a pleasure having you. I got a, I actually got another appointment I got to head into. I did. So it was a pleasure. Stay in touch. Yeah, I'll, I'll, send, I'll, send, I'll send you those Fiji like songs that you have to listen to. Yes, please. All right, man. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a list tonight. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay.